Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So don't turn that FM dial. It's time for... I never saw that. Hey, Micah. What are we talking about this week? Today, I am talking about the episode after the news radio that I never saw. Last week, we talked about the first season. And tonight, we will talk about some of the episodes we recommend to us from the list on the internet. (laughs) That was oddly worded. Yes, it was. Because... What I did was I wrote something and translated it to Japanese and then back to English. Mm-hmm. Just we- like Jimmy James did on one of the episodes we're talking about tonight on I Never Saw That. Yes. So that's basically what I wrote. Uh, last week we watched... We talked about... We talked about the first season of mm-hmm. News Radio. and uh, I hated it. Then we looked up lists on the internet of good episodes, recommended episodes, and we watched a few of those. We watched a couple... Of the first episodes from season two. And boy, did we feel differently. Yeah, it was very different. Uh, I looked up, we did, we watched the first two episodes from season two. And then I looked up, I just searched for best episodes of news radio and found a list by the AV Club, which I read all the time anyway. And yeah, so it was 10 episodes. And we watched three of the ones that were on that list. We also had. A couple of the same episodes and some other ones recommended to us by Katie from TFGIF podcast. Thank fucking God it's Friday. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's a podcast about 90s TV shows. Uh, so she also recommended Rat Funeral and Complaint Box. And we also watched Super Karate Monkey Death Car, which is where we got the idea for our little intro joke that we did. Yes. So we watched the, basically we watched the first three episodes of season two. because Rat Funeral is the third one. And then we watched one from season three and one from season four. It has also been recommended to us to watch the first episode of season five, uh, which was right after Phil Hartman died, but it's supposed to be pretty heartbreaking. So we haven't gone there yet, but I think we might, we may end up doing another news radio episode, especially after these episodes we watched, which I felt very differently about. Yes, definitely. We kind of took a shit on this show last week. And well, I think and it, it was deserved, it. deserved for the first the first seven episodes. They were a little rough. But man, they changed some of the characters. First thing I noticed was the haircuts and the makeups were way different. Yeah. The first thing I noticed, because we watched... Well, so again, if you listen to last week's episode, <laughs> you know that we watched this shit out of order the first time, and it happened again. So we watched what we thought was the first episode of season two, but we got them backwards. And when the first one we watched, thinking it was the first episode, it uh, Catherine was at the table at the meeting. Catherine yes. is the black woman on the show uh, who you hardly ever see or hear. Did she talk, though? Yes, she oh. actually had the first line. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't the first episode of the season, but it's still uh, watching it first was probably good because I was immediately more on board. I have a few notes. About the first couple episodes. Do you want to talk about those real quick and then Mm -hmm. we can just... Okay. Phil Hartman is funnier. 
Yes. Way funnier. A lot of the characters are slightly different, and I can't quite put my finger on what's different about him, but he's not just, like, he's still a weirdo, and he says weird, funny things, but he's not, I don't know, his character's totally different. I thought that his character and also Dave's character were both more relaxed. Mm. They both seemed very stiff to me in the first season and unnatural. Yeah. And that seemed a lot better. Just in the first two episodes. Yeah, Dave Foley or Dave Nelson was a lot less annoying to me. He seemed more competent than he did to me in the first season. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that I'm not still pissed off that he stole Lisa's job. And I'm still pissed off that they're fucking dating. I hate it. <laughs> and anyway. Phil Hartman seems more like a real person. Where yeah. before he just seemed like a caricature of a weird person who, I don't know. Yeah. He still has some of the same characteristics and qualities. Like he's super arrogant and... A little out of touch, but he's also more human and... Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, he still says weird, funny shit, but it's funnier than it was. And the episodes seem a lot less formulaic to me. Like, they're relying more on gags and slapstick stuff, mm-hmm. and they're not as... I don't know. There were. I talked about this last time. There were a lot where Dave was forced to do something Jimmy didn't want to take care of, mm-hmm. and they... Have, they didn't do that in these first two. They were like standalone episodes that were just goofy and silly. Yes. I, I love the goofy and silly. And I, I definitely, with each of these episodes, I saw more and more of the absurdity that I've heard about this show, that it gets mm-hmm. really bizarre and absurd. And the first season just didn't feel that way to me at all. So I was excited to finally understand what people were talking about. Yeah, there were a lot more laughs this time around. Mr. James is still fucking funny. Still one of the best parts of the show. There's a part in, I don't remember, first or second episode where he starts talking about, he's looking at the newspaper and he's like, want to see a movie about a talking pig? (laughs) Talking pig is babe. And he keeps talking about it and it's really funny. There was also a joke about faxing your ass. Maybe we should try something new. Okay. Hey, I know. Uh... I'm going to go photocopy my ass, and I'll fax it to your laptop, then maybe we can get on with our lives. What do you say, huh? You don't have to be sarcastic, Dave. I know. I just find it helps when you're being insane. Did you fax your ass to Elizabeth? (laughs) No. We didn't have the technology then. It struck me as very funny because the fax machine was considered high tech when when the show was on it was when lisa was jealous because beth was gonna send naked pictures to her boyfriend and so lisa was wondering if dave had ever gotten naked pictures yes i remember that right and he had from some ex and yes lisa was jealous throughout the episode beth's naked photos though i loved that whole storyline because she's taking photos of herself naked and showing them to lisa i also loved that she had to take the photos to a place to get them developed. Oh, that's right. And like, she got the wrong film developed. Well, the guys clearly gave her the wrong photos she, so she'd have to come back in and pick them up and they could all see who this naked woman was. Oh. And it was just weird that, like, people take naked selfies all the time and we don't think about anyone seeing them because they're just on our phones and just on the internet and we send them through iMessage. But somebody had to actually, like, physically process those photos mm-hmm. in the past. Although they do mention, like, why didn't you use a Polaroid? So she does the next time when she's... Right, and she puts a bag over her head. (laughs) Yeah. Because... Nobody will know who... Suggests that. Or not that, but someone suggests... Anyway, 
Um, my last note on the first two episodes is just um, space prostitute, which is something Dave was talking about. Yes. That I thought was kind of funny. That's maybe. his fantasy. One of his fantasies was space prostitute. He always prostitute. wanted to lose his virginity to a space prostitute. Yeah. He, he had a fantasy about like space camp and having sex on the space shuttle or something and then to a space prostitute. Okay. Finally, let's get into the three episodes that we watched on the recommendation on of the internet. Yeah. So first was Rat Funeral, which is season two, episode three. Yes. Starts off with an exterminator in Dave's office, um, giving him a bill to sign off on for getting rid of the cockroaches and the rats and and stuff. And then he mentioned something about rat lovers. Oh, I also had to reset all your rat traps. Somebody around here has been tripping them off. Really? Who would want to do a thing like that? Rat lovers. Come again? Rat lovers. They look like you and me. They could be your next door neighbor, but... Inside, there's something weird. <laughs> Turns yeah, out so, it's everybody in the office. Yeah, everybody in the office. Uh, so this was where also I was like, okay. Because at first I was like, come on. Everybody loves the fucking rat. So unrealistic. But then I realized, okay, this is this is absurd and bizarre. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going for. So there's a rat in the office that everybody calls Mike. You find this out in the episode. Uh, Dave has had rat traps set because he keeps seeing rats or something. And yeah, everybody in the office keeps unsetting the traps. Yeah. Because everybody loves this rat. They call him Mike and they consider him part of the family. Like everyone in the office. He's white with a little black racing stripe. Part of his tail's missing. Yeah. Yeah, there's nobody in the office who does not love this rat. So anyway, they they have a meeting and Dave tells everybody... He's going to have the exterminator come back and take the rat traps out. He didn't know how, you know, special this rat was to everybody. And then while he's saying that, you hear the rat trap snap. Yes. And you're like, oh, shit. And then everybody gets mad. And it's it's really fun. Like Andy Dick and Phil Hartman in particular are funny in that scene. This is the episode I realized that the writers figured out how to write for Phil Hartman. That's yeah, it definitely funnier. did. It definitely feels a lot more like that. They're just using him a lot. yes yeah yeah so anyway they they see that the rat in the trap is mike and so dave's gonna put him in the dumpster and they get all upset and then they put him in a box and they have a little rat funeral out in the hallway and then the plan is to dump him down the incinerator so they do that phil hartman gives a speech um and it's great phil could you say a few words you're kind of putting me on the spot just a few words okay mike was a rat (laughs) this cannot be denied (laughs) The flame of life, which burns inside all of us, glows no less brightly when it is the flicker of one tiny candle. None can deny that his departure has left this world just a tiny bit darker. Yes. And a tiny bit colder. That's all I have. Amen. It's just classic Phil Hartman. But then they find out that it wasn't Mike because then another trap goes off. And, and it, it was just Mike, like Mike. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then that keeps happening. So they, they have another rat funeral. And there's so many Mikes. I thought the second rat funeral was very funny. Yeah. Friendship. What is it? For our kind, it's camaraderie and conversation. But for those poor creatures eking out a hard scrabble existence every day, it's something else entirely. A shared piece of cheese, perhaps, or a tasty bean. <laughs> So as we bid farewell to Mike, or Mike's friend, we'll never know for sure. We must remember um, that we... Someone had an overnight pickup. And then they ultimately have a third rat funeral later. Today we are gathered not to mourn, but to celebrate. 
to celebrate that our lives are more rich with rats than we even knew. Blah 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 blah. Dump them, Dave. Where they end up I dumping a garbage can full of boxes full of dead rats because oh, they right. realize they discover there, there are like are dozens, dozens of, rats. of rats and no one's grossed out. Yeah, it's so funny. It's <laughs> well, like... they're New Yorkers. They're used to rats. Oh man, I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird that they kept putting them in like little office supply boxes mm-hmm. and then just doesn't um beth kiss one the last one the she box, like kisses yeah. the box and puts it in like that's so gross yeah. i know it's not the rat itself but they're all just no gonna... but still well and then at the end we're not gonna go through the episode beat by beat sorry everybody we're just gonna talk about stuff we remember from it but there's at the end of the episode after the well the third rat funeral and then they dump all these <laughs> rats down the incinerator mm-hmm Andy Dick is like, I think in July I ate a pizza crust off the floor. Um, am I going to die? I doubt it, Matthew. Because I think back in August I ate a donut that I found under the conference table. Um, am I going to die? Matthew, if, you, if you'd like to just type up a list of these incidents, I'll evaluate them on a case-by-case basis. Dave, I'm serious. Am I going to die? <laughs> Oh, and Joe Rogan almost loses it in that scene. He's like yeah, smiling and laughing. Uh, speaking of Joe Rogan. The only funny thing Joe Rogan does ever. Yeah, speaking of Joe Rogan, a couple things. One, after the first rat funeral, when everyone is genuinely really sad about Mike the rat, Joe Rogan's character is very sad. And he's just standing in the hallway, kind of turned toward the wall because he, he's crying. He doesn't want anyone to see him. So Dave comes out. And he's like, are you okay, Joe? And of course, he pretends he's not crying because he's a macho fucking asshole. But then there was this really funny part where Dave gives him a super awkward hug from behind Mm -hmm. in an attempt to uh, comfort him. And then it immediately went from funny to violently homophobic. Yeah. So Joe makes a comment. He basically says, the last guy who touched me like that got thrown through a plate glass window. Yeah. And then there's laughter as if that's fucking funny. Well, that's the thing, Jen. It was funny in the 90s. Ha ha ha. I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't much Mr. James in this episode. No, there wasn't Which I was bummed about. I did just remember some of the Phil Hartman lines that were my favorite from this episode were about how Dave Foley is a robot and has no heart and he's cold and heartless because he... Wants to get rid of the rats. Right. And he kills one and then describes it in this really horrible way. Mm-hmm. And so Phil Hartman has a lot of good lines about yeah. Dave Foley being, or Dave Nelson being, heartless. And heartless. Mike is many things to many people. To uh-huh. you, he's just a rat. But to the good people of this office, he's a member of the family. I'm sorry, but not my family. Exactly. Maybe you're not ready to be a member of our family. I can't imagine that being a high priority to a man without a heart. Uh, there's another really funny part with Matthew where Dave is telling Matthew that there are actually a lot more rats in the office than they thought yeah. there were. And Matthew's like, no, that can't, that's not true. That can't be true. Oh, yeah. And Dave's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he says, Mike would have introduced me to them. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> this just this episode just pole vaulted us from season one into a really very funny, very absurd yeah. world that Much they're now absurd. developing. Yeah. 
I will say Catherine still does not have very many lines. And there was that violent homophobic joke, mm-hmm. which was upsetting to me. But I think we got sidetracked, though, for a oh. second. And we missed the... So they were dumping all the rats into the incinerator chute. Uh-huh. And the very last scene of the show, the exterminator guy comes back up, runs up the stairs. And it's... I recognized him. You would yeah. totally recognize him. Yeah, it's he's Mike Starr. Yes, he was in Dumb and Dumber. He's like the hitman in Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. And he's in a bunch of stuff. He comes up and he yells at Dave Foley that they've been dumping things. He's like, for the last time, I'm going to tell you guys or something. Mm-hmm. That's the mail shoot. That's the incinerator. <laughs> so they've just been dumping dead rats down the mail shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. Oh, I know another Phil Hartman line. And it was about, it did have to do with Dave having no heart. But he asked him. <laughs> he's like. Say Dave. Maybe after work, you'd like to go by the zoo and shoot goats. And I was like, wait, goats? <laughs> <laughs> that was know. intentionally ridiculous, right? I don't because know. there are, I mean, yes, some zoos, petting zoos have goats, I guess, but. <laughs> you know, all those was, petting zoos in New York. <laughs> so hilarious to me. Yeah, it was I go by the zoo and shoot the goats? Like, goats? I loved that part. Let Phil Hartman get weird, you yeah. know? He, he needs to get real weird. I think that's all I have to say about Rat Funeral. All right. Then let's jump into Complaint Box. First note on Complaint Box. Still no Catherine at the meeting. Was she in the booth? Yeah, the I news? assume. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to, Jen. Yeah, you said that last time. And the thing is that, yes, that is true. It doesn't always have to be the black woman. Well, that's when they have meetings. Because she never gets a say in anything. Right. They're doing that on purpose. Yeah. So they're having a meeting about the new corporate employee handbook that Jimmy James put out to avoid lawsuits. And one of the things is they have to put up a complaint box. Yep. And they do. They put up a complaint box and hilarity ensues. One thing that happened during the meeting um, was Matthew kept having queries, Mm -hmm. which was really annoying to everyone else. But he wanted to make sure that he understood everything in the employee handbook. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it was great. And as soon as they put up the complaint box, I was like, okay, this is going to be great because clearly it's going to spiral into mm-hmm. just, what's another word for absurdity? Because I feel like I've already said it like 17 times on this episode. Farcicalness. Farcicality? <sighs> Try again. That's all I got. Hmm. That is not much. Well, you know, I got this uh, new thesaurus for my birthday. Not only is it terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Did you... Listeners, did you get it? Did you get that one? Yeah, I think they did. Well, just in case, we'll put in some laughter. That's a good idea. Always important when they tell a joke. So they'll know that they were supposed to laugh back then. (laughs) So, of course, yes, it does spiral into farcicality. And, And of course, for some reason, Joe put a buzzer. Dave told him not to put a bell on it because he says, you told me not to put a bell on it, so I didn't. I put a buzzer on it. So every time there's a complaint, there's this loud buzz. So one thing, I'm just going to mention this once and then we can move on from this topic. But one thing that really bothered me about this episode was that near the beginning of the episode, so there's a subplot where Joe and Catherine are trying to figure out what is making this clicking noise. They're trying to record something in the kitchen for some reason. He's he's, he invents things and he invented a like super sensitive recording reel to reel machine that's very high quality and super sensitive. 
So it's picking up this clicking noise from somewhere, and he's trying to figure out where it's at, where Catherine's it's coming from. helping with that, I guess. Catherine's helping him record. But during that process, he sexually harasses her. Yeah. And tells her to take her blouse off. Well, first he asks her to take her rings off, and then maybe her bracelets because they're clicking or something, and she does that, and then yeah. he just throws in. And he's like, now take your blouse off, hoping she'll just yeah. forget what she's doing. And so I thought, man, I mean, I know that the show is not... They're not trying to address any serious issues on this show. In fact, I would say they're actively avoiding that. Which is fine, but then don't put sexual harassment in your fucking episode. You know what I mean? Again, though, that was funny back then, right? Was it? I mean, yeah, we thought it was. People thought it was. No, we all thought that shit was funny, I think. But I, I just thought, like, okay, there's a complaint box. Maybe Catherine will put a complaint in there about being sexually harassed, but what I... The note I took was, I bet nothing's going to happen, and that's what happened is nothing. It was just a funny, funny joke that Joe fucking Rogan got to make. Joe Rogan and Joe, the character on this show, is so fucking homophobic. Also, it's, like, sickening. And I also hate Joe Rogan. Uh, Let's just talk about that for a quick sec, because I looked up... The other day, after we released our first episode on this show... We talked, Micah especially talked about how much he hates Joe Rogan and what a libertarian asshole he is, like alt-right dipshit. And so I looked him up because I was curious. And the first thing I found when I looked him up was a tweet he made, and this is what it says. Calling someone an asshole for using the word retard shows what kind of a twat you are. Real wordsmith. Those are, that's the tweet that he made. And this was in response to someone, and this was a few years ago, but still just let that settle into your consciousness i guess this was a response he made to some just random fan who called him an asshole for using the word retard and that was his response so basically he's a piece of shit (laughs) like an absolute piece of shit and And he also is a fucking violent homophobe on the show i do want to clarify um i don't know that joe rogan is alt-right because i don't know that his brain is like smart enough to comprehend what that actually means or to take a stance on something like that but he gives people a platform on his podcast these alt-right douchebags and these conservative pieces of shit that got Mm -hmm. our current president into power and into office and he lets like he talks about how he likes alex jones and all these conspiracy theories he's just real real dumb and he lets people on his show He's real dumb, but he has a platform, so it's fucking harmful. Yeah. It's hard, everybody. I'm just going to say right now for us, like we tried to get in a good mood before (laughs) recording this, but shit is really dark in the world right now. And douchebags like Joe Rogan are what everything that's wrong with this country to me. So I hate that guy. I hate douchebags like him. And hate is a strong word, and I try not to use it about humans, but I really, I hate I I hate him. On that note, let's bring it back to Complaint Box a little bit. There was one really funny line that I loved that Phil Hardman had in this episode. Okay. Um, He was talking to Dave, and he told him he could see see something in his eyes, like when Dave lied about something. And Dave said, how can you tell just from looking in my eyes? And he said, the eyes are the windows to the skull, my friend. (laughs) Soul. For those who have one, yes. Right. So it was another kind of jab at Dave for not having a soul. Yes. Yeah. Phil Hartman has really become 
I mean, to me, he's the star of the show because I love him. But yeah, he has like come into himself at this point on the show. So Dave keeps having to repeat the same speech. He's reading the exact same speech out of the employee handbook every time someone puts a complaint in because he has to meet individually with each person that a complaint is filed about. And so you see him just repeating and repeating and repeating this exact same script. And it is funny. And then Matthew comes in. There's a grievance that was written about Matthew. (laughs) And it's like, Matthew tells long and boring stories and no one cares. Something like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you find out he wrote it about himself. (laughs) You wrote this complaint about yourself, didn't you? I cannot divulge that information. (laughs) Yes, I did. But you didn't hear it from me, okay? (laughs) I'm insane. No, I'm not even here right now. What? Look, Matthew, the point is that that complaint box is supposed to be for legitimate grievances. This is a legitimate grievance. And there's another one, right? Oh, somehow I doubt it. (laughs) I know what it was, because Dave thought that it was Phil Hartman getting back at Matthew because Matthew had written a complaint about him. And so he didn't know that Matthew had written himself. So he was like, Matthew, I'm just going to discard this one. Yeah. It was just, it was made by somebody just, just to get back at you. And yeah, then Matthew starts arguing with him about how right the complaint is. And then you find out that he wrote it himself. He wants some help resolving it. Oh, God. That that made me laugh pretty There is a pretty good scene where they are all sitting around the table and Dave's reading all of the complaints because there's just so many of them. Oh, yeah, He's like, the I'm just going to go through these. And he reads a whole bunch that are really good. Matthew is a moron. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not infinity. Yes, you are infinity plus one. And they're all just making jokes and right, making they're just complaints fucking that with are him. just funny. And they do a joke about Shaft where somebody's complaint is just the lyrics from the song, mm-hmm. the theme the Shaft theme song. Uh, who's the black private dick who's the sex machine with all the chicks? Shaft! I thought we'd all enjoy uh, okay. <laughs> Which they made in the first season. Yeah, there they was a Shaft They build a little Shaft call and response that. thing. Which I wonder if they do that a lot throughout every season. Also, why? Like, what's the connection with Shaft? I don't know. It's a funny song. I bet there's some, some story there. Or maybe it's just one of those, not Easter eggs, but, you know. Just a recurring Other joke. kinds of eggs. Just yeah. the kind of eggs that breakfast egg like keep happening in shows Mm, lizard eggs Mm. do lizards lay eggs yeah snake eggs the lawyer there was a lawyer scene because uh lisa made a complaint oh because (laughs) dave was like talking to the staff and was like hey this can't be just for bitching and jokes yeah and she made a complaint that said she took issue with his use of the word bitch as a woman and so he takes it very seriously. And one thing we haven't mentioned is that Mr. James is currently in robot form in yeah. this episode. He's on vacation. He's on vacation, but he wants to stay connected to the office. So they. He... So Joe invented a thing, a satellite walkie-talkie box that's basically just an oscilloscope with some lights on it that they added and a, an intercom on top. And everybody carries it around and there's all kinds of weird little subplots with that. Because he just wants to be part of the office still. He needs to be talking to everybody all the time. So Dave is telling Mr. James that he has to... Well, he has to talk to him about it because the the complaint was made about him. So he has to talk to his boss about it. Mm -hmm. So he tells Mr. James that. And he says, Mr. James says that 
this is a very serious offense because bitch is listed on some list that his lawyers gave him. So they are in the lawyer's office at the very end. Yeah. Dave has his lawyer. Lisa has her lawyer. Somebody else is there. There's three lawyers. Yeah. And none of them will let people talk. And Lisa keeps trying to say, like, "It it was just a joke. Yeah. I was just messing with him, but they won't. You know, every lawyer is like, what my client means is... Well, this is all ridiculous anyway, because I was the one who filed the complaint about the B word, and I was just joking. Please, Miss Miller, what my client is trying to express... All right, all right, everybody, just shut up for a sec. And again, this was another moment where I was like, yes, this just gets more and more absurd as we go, and I'm into it. So Mr. James is there in the meeting as the weird as the robot robot thing, thing <laughs> that talks and he's on vacation on some lake and right, he's fishing next to his robot thing is a little desk intercom oh god i forgot about that no and, it's a isn't it a phone well it's one of those little like speaker it's speaker things phone. for yeah so norm mcdonald is on that as jimmy james's lawyer it was norm mcdonald yeah i'm pretty oh, sure oh god i forgot about that yes so it ends up being jimmy james and Norm Macdonald talking to each other through machines. There's a room full of people. There's people sitting around this table, and these two are just having a conversation themselves, and they're all just sitting there. So it's a robot and a phone yeah. talking. Jimmy, to Jimmy, please, Jimmy, please. Uh, Mr. James <laughs> no way means to impede the due course of the regulations enacted by the corporation. Yeah. <laughs> and then they realize that they're both on vacation. That's why they're both calling into this meeting. Yeah. And... They're on vacation on the same lake, and they see each other and start talking. Yeah, hey, hey, Roger, you sound funny. Yeah, I'm on speakerphone, Jimmy. Oh, yeah? Me too. Where the hell are you? (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I'm fishing at that lake I was telling you about. No, get out. No, with me too. Hey, wait now. Hang on for a second. You're not in the yellow cabin cruiser, are you? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I would turn you left. No, a little further. Hey, Roger. I've had nightmares like this. Would you quiet down that Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was funny. Are we done with that episode? Yes. It was a pretty good one. It was. And we're saving the best one for last. Well, I love the next one. Yes, this is my favorite so far. I've realized, though, that part of the reason I love the next one is because Mr. James stars. Mm-hmm. Mr. James, played by Stephen Root, who is just consistently hilarious and brilliant on this show i mean i feel like he just plays this so well throughout in every scene he's in he's just so good and so in this one there's a couple things going on there's a new person working there who is an efficiency expert yeah mr james hired an efficiency expert to go through the whole business and operation and yeah and fire fire people. people basically and it's play- she's played by Lauren Graham from uh, Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. and Parenthood. And she's very funny, too. I like her. So anyway, she has fired Matthew. That's one of the storylines yeah. that's pretty funny. And also, she is planning to give everyone a polygraph. Yeah. So everyone's freaking out about that. You find out that Lisa has a criminal record, which is hilarious and farcical because Lisa, I was all excited because... Lisa confesses that she has a record. And I was like, yes, she's, she's a badass. badass. Like she stole a car and stuff. Yeah. But she, all of the things that she did were related to school 
and or doing well in the SATs or doing well in the SATs some test or something or getting yeah. into the getting to the library and anyway it's yeah. actually very very college funny. applications and things like that and then when I was 17 I stole a car <laughs> you uh, stole a car <laughs> how did you do that well it's easy you can pull the ignition wires and cross them without any cosmetic damage at all but how did you get into the car you put a brick through the window oh. <laughs> well, Lisa I just don't see you as the joyriding type I'm not my car broke down and I was afraid I was going to be late for the SATs. Didn't you commit any crimes that weren't SAT related? I broke into a library once. To vandalize it? No. I had a big history exam the next day and the only copy of the Federalist Papers I had at home was abridged. Yeah, it was very funny. My favorite thing about Matthew being gone, though, is the very first scene they're all sitting around the, the table talking and Lauren, the, or not Lauren, what's her name? In the show. Um, I didn't write down her name. Anyway, and the efficiency expert is standing behind them, and they pause for a second, and they say, sorry, it's just going to take us a minute to get used to this, because Matthew's not here. Yeah. And so Phil Hartman says, I'll take his place. I'll be Matthew. So he sits down in his chair, and he makes some comment that's kind of Matthew-like, and then Beth says, well, I can't have this meeting without Bill here, so I'll be Bill. And then the efficiency expert realizes this could just go on forever. So she's like, and I'll be Beth. And she sits down. They start talking some more. And Phil Hartman like leans back in his chair and just fucking falls back and Ugh. spills his drink all over him. And it's That's hilarious. So and then he gets back up. And then he immediately did it again. And it was br- it was perfect, beautiful Phil Hartman physical comedy. I mean, it was so so silly and so funny and it was yeah it was one of my favorite it actually might have been my favorite moment from this episode was just him falling over in his chair twice and so like he just goes for it you know there's no there's no like oh he totally faked that or like (laughs) it's so it's so fun yeah we watched it a few times yeah we rewound because we were <laughs> cracking up like the we laughed out loud i'm telling you in the first when we watched the first season i might have giggled once or twice like about things that either beth or phil hartman or you know steven root said but this the these episodes made us laugh out loud several times and yeah. particularly this one which again is called super karate death monkey <laughs> and so most of the laughs for me came from the origin of that name. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's all I really want to talk about now. We've kind of touched on the other stuff, right? Well, there was one other thing. You talked about how the efficiency expert is going to give everyone a polygraph. Yeah. And Joe steals the test with all the questions that they're going to ask everyone. So they all go to lunch. And, well, there's a couple of funny things that happen there. But Matthew was there as the waiter and starts taking their orders. And then at the very end of the episode, you re- or at the end of that scene mm-hmm. where they're leaving the restaurant he comes clean and says i don't actually don't work, work here, here. <laughs> i just was following you guys and i saw you come in here and then i came up to the table and acted like i was your waiter right and he couldn't he, he didn't bring anyone food except yeah. phil hartman he brought him a steak yeah and so when <laughs> when andy dick is like confessing that he doesn't actually work there phil hartman just starts looking at the steak in this really hilarious way like where did this come from like what steak is this so they're all going around the table talking about if they've done any of these things on the list and one of the questions is like have you ever committed a felony have you ever done this have you ever and phil Hartman says that he... I had a little tiff with that traffic cop in April. You remember, putting an insane asylum? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. 
You remember. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember. <laughs> so and then that's good. it. That's it. How about that? Yeah. One comment I would just like to make real quick here is that I miss Beth's first season style. Mm. Oh, it wasn't she as good the second season? She looks completely different. No, oh. this is the fourth season we're talking about oh, okay. Now. She has, her hair is all straight and mm-hmm. flat and like silky looking. And she's wearing like this sexy kind of dress, which seems very strange for a work environment. I, it's it's weird. Mm. Uh, but I miss her like funky style. She doesn't have it anymore, at least in this episode. And I was upset about that. Mm. So anyway, the last thing to talk about is just the funniest part of the episode, which is, well, first of all, at the beginning of the episode, well, first of all, at the beginning of this episode of I Never Saw That, <laughs> which is what? What episode are we on? Episode 26. 26? Believe, 26. Hot damn. That's half a half year. A year. We should have done something to celebrate. We should have had something special to do. We'll put in some fireworks noises here. We've done, like, we haven't been funny at all, so is that, <laughs> maybe that means something. That's how we're marking the occasion. We're marking the occasion by just Being sucking. real bummers. Yeah. So, at the beginning of our episode, you may remember that Micah said a sentence that sounded really strangely worded, and it's because he had translated it into Japanese and back to English. So, the reason he did that is because <laughs> Jimmy James wrote a memoir. And it apparently did not do well in the U.S., but it was he had it translated to Japanese, and it was huge in Japan. It was like number one yeah. for I don't know how many months. So he's his logic goes, hey, it was such a big deal in Japan. How about I have that version translated back to English? And start selling it in the U.S. He, which is what he does. Yes. <laughs> and to the, predictably hilarious results. The book was titled Jimmy James, Capitalist Lion Tamer. <laughs> But the translated version... Uh, the original title of, of, of this book was uh, Jimmy James, Capitalist Lion Tamer, but I see now that it's Jimmy James, Macho Business, Donkey Wrestler. <laughs> Which is great. I think my favorite scene is... So he's doing a reading at some library or bookstore. bookstore. And the bookstore guy is the teacher from freaks and geeks oh yeah i don't right. know his name i should have looked yeah, that but up he, but. yeah he looks exactly the same as yeah. he does in freaks and geeks and then brian posein yes. who is a comedian is in the crowd and he asks questions at the end but my favorite scene is when he's introduced by that guy whatever his name is who plays the counselor in freaks and geeks the counselor that's right yeah what'd you say i said teacher, teacher. no he's the counselor he's the guidance counselor yes. he introduces Mr. James and says the title of the book, yes. which once again was supposed to be Jimmy James, Capitalist Lion Tamer. Yes. And instead was Jimmy James, Macho Business, Donkey Wrestler. <laughs> I was going to help you out there, but I wanted to hear you struggle through it and laugh. As Jimmy James is coming to the podium, the bookstore guy puts up a huge picture of the cover of the book and Jimmy James just keeps looking at it as he's reading the title. He's like, it, it's he's still processing what yeah. that guy just said it's and great. what the title is now. And it is my favorite moment. And let me tell you, once again, I already said this, Stephen Root is fucking brilliant in yeah. this scene and in every scene, but I think particularly the way he plays this scene. It is so, it's so understated. But you know exactly what's going on in his mind. Like, he is 
appalled mm-hmm. that this is the new title of his book, but he has to keep doing the reading. And he has to go with it. <laughs> and so the whole, he does. The whole thing is so absurd. Like, he hasn't seen a copy of the book because it was just printed. Right. And he's <laughs> seeing it for the first time to do a reading at this store. And yet there are people in the audience who have copies of the book and have read it because Brian Posehn asks him a bunch of questions about yeah. what did you mean what when you, you said by... donkey, 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 donkey. <laughs> it was dumb, but it was. But some of his other questions I thought yeah. were funny. Yeah, it's just so, he plays it so straight. Like he is so serious. He doesn't smile. He doesn't start to giggle about right. it. He's just this guy reading from his, this new Twice version of his book. book. <laughs> Macho business donkey wrestler. Well, there you go. Uh, got kind of a ring to it, don't it? <laughs> anyway, I wanted to read from chapter three, which is a story of my first rise to financial prominence. So. <clears throat> I had a small house of brokerage on Wall Street. Many days, no business comes to my hut. <laughs> my hut, but Jimmy has fear. A thousand times no. I never doubted myself for a minute, for I knew that my monkey strong bowels were girded with strength, like the loins of a dragon ribboned with fat and the opulence of buffalo dumb. You know, he easily could have said, this is actually not the correct translation and walked away or come up with some other excuse to walk away. But instead he actually reads passages and he reads the words that are written there and they are absolutely ridiculous. He doesn't want to tank the sales of the book. He just, he's going to stick with it and see if he can make it work, which is perfect. It is totally absurd. The whole setup is, but it's perfect for his character too, that he would do this, think it was a good idea, not see the book before going Uh to a reading, just be confident that, This is going to go so well. (laughs) But then for the first time, this is the first time that I've seen in the few episodes I've watched where he is not sure of himself. At the end, yeah. Where he, no, while he's reading, while he's reading the passages from his book, he is, there's a fucking word I can't think of. But anyway, (laughs) whatever that word is, that means you're. Tweet at us. Fucking freaked out. Yeah. And then at some point. Super Karate Monkey Death Car is one of the lines said. Um, So that's why the episode is called that. But but there is a scene at the very end, isn't there, where he's talking to Dave and he they go to he flies with Dave to Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like kind of devastated and not sure what to do. But then this crowd of people is outside and they have his pictures of him and they're like chanting (laughs) Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. Which is like, why would that, I don't know. If that's, the, if that's the translation, if that's what Japanese people got from the translation, why would he have any fans? That's what's so funny. Well, and I love the, the idea that there are fans of a person who wrote a book about, like, business. That would, mm-hmm. these fans would <laughs> no, go around in true. mobs with signs. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, because that's what we do when some economist here writes a book. We, <laughs> yeah. we write quotes from it. On well, poster boards and chant it and walk around. I think because this one was so, uh, you know, unconventional mm-hmm. that it might have been particularly inspiring to people. Hmm. People were like, yeah, fuck yeah, donkey wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the music always skips. 
Just another comment oh, about that's the show in general. That, yeah. The music at the beginning, the title while the title sequence is going on. Yeah. It skips in several places. It's really weird. It is really weird. But and they it's didn't, consistent every yeah, time. Yeah, they didn't fix it, so it may I wonder if that was intentional. Or if it's like a glitch from it being like streamable now, to, like to digital. Apple T V or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's something in the digital internet Disney, interface. The Disney hmm? of the trend transjation yep obviously we thought this was way better than season one yes and i did find it less problematic although i mean i guess the things i thought were problematic didn't change so i think maybe i was just used to that part you know Catherine is still too small of a character Mm -hmm. and joe's homophobia is off the chain and they do still make homophobic jokes and fucking Dave and Lisa, uh, I hate their whole thing. But but they're not as much of a central, like their relationship isn't the central part of every plot yeah. of every episode anymore. Mm-hmm. It's still present in there, but it's not like... Yeah. I mean, these episodes made me laugh out loud several times. In fact, I really would like to watch the rest of the show and probably will now. So for those of you who hated us last week, and I know there were a few of you, I got tweeted at about how I said that Dave Foley was not funny. People were not happy, and that's totally fine. I get it. In fact, I do I do kind of get it now because we also watched some kids in the hall, and it is definitely hit or miss. Like, we watched, we were just watching clips and looking for, like, funny Dave Foley parts, but we definitely watched a couple that were very funny where he is just deadpan absurd, and uh, I get it now. I still don't find him funny on news radio, though. Yeah, what I noticed was... He- in Kids in the Hall, the clips we watched, he's either playing a woman, he's dressed up like a woman, or he's playing Dave Nelson from News Radio. Well, we watched one where he's a cabbie, which was a diff- totally different character. Oh, that one was funny, yeah. But and there were a... a lot where he was in a suit, mm-hmm. and he was playing the straight man, and he sounded exactly like oh, yeah. Dave Nelson. Yeah. But there's also one that um, Mike from Bad Reception Podcast, another podcast you guys should check out, and they've been big supporters of ours, and we will probably be collaborating with them soon one of the hosts of that show mike shared a sketch with me on twitter and it is it's of these two dudes that are supposed to be funny and they're supposed to be doing all these goofs and dave nelson sorry (laughs) dave foley is the straight man to Mm -hmm. a major fault Mm. like this other dude's trying to make jokes and dave foley keeps correcting why yeah. His jokes don't make sense. And it, it, it it's very funny and very deadpan. And I found him very funny in that role, yeah. which is still a straight man, but more of a, a ridiculous, absurd straight man. So I know we're not talking about kids in the hall on this episode, but there yeah, was one really, really funny sketch that we watched. Um, yeah. And it started with a little graphic card or something that said this scene was written in haste. Oh, God. And it's yes. <laughs> basically the premise was a tired, overworked, underpaid writer who was trying to meet a deadline made a bunch of typos and errors when they were writing the sketch, mm-hmm. and then they just acted them out literally, and it was really funny. Oh, so funny. We'll put a clip in. It was really funny. Yeah, it made us laugh quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Mis- misspoken things are funny to us. Mistranslated <laughs> things are very funny. You know, misspelled words that are just read the way they're spelled, very fucking funny. You know, messing with language is funny to that me. That and penis jokes. Maybe we need to tell some jokes. Okay. N- knock, knock. Who's there? 
Uh-oh. I don't know. I'm really bad at coming up with jokes on the spot. Okay, fine. I have to do everything around here. I have a joke. I'm ready. Okay, Micah, ask me if I'm a tree. Hey, Jen, are you a tree? No. So that's going to wrap it up for us this week on I Never Saw That. If you're wondering you, if we made an error listening. in editing, we did not. That was the joke. <laughs> I love that joke. That's it's not my, a joke. It's my favorite joke. I think I found the problem with our not funny podcast. Hey, man, whatever. Ooh. Humor isn't all about boners all the time, okay? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think you that need should some be, absurdity. That should be maybe our tagline for the show. Humor. I never saw that. Humor isn't always about boners all the time. <laughs> all right. Anyway, for real, thank you for listening. As usual, I hope that we won some people back in our to our favor yeah. since we since we actually liked news radio this time and now I get it and I see why it's very funny. Tweet at us about it, about how you're back. And how much you love us. Yeah, definitely tweet about we that. We would like to hear just how much you, you love us. We like to maybe, feel like maybe somebody out there loves us. Maybe imagine that we're the office pet rat and you have to give a eulogy. I thought you were going to say, maybe imagine that we're good at podcasting. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, tweet. Nobody has that much pure imagination, Jen. <laughs> All right, fuck it. I already said thanks for listening, so fuck <laughs> off. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, man, we could really use the support and we would appreciate it so much. It, it takes money to make this podcast. We want to make it better and better. And so with a little bit of financial support, it's really, really helpful. Also, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but I believe we are at 29 patrons now. When we get to 50, I have vowed that I will get a tattoo related to our podcast designed by one of our Patreon supporters. That's only 21 more. That's only 21 more. So get get your shit together and become a patron. Start designing some tattoos. Yeah. This Seriously, could be big anyway, for you. thank you so much to all of our current supporters. And uh, yeah, we can't even tell you how much we appreciate it. Uh, another thing you could do if you want to support us is rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we also just appreciate that so, so much. And it really does help. So if you have a minute, go do that right now. Also, maybe tell one person about this podcast. Yes, that's my new favorite thing. Yeah. To tell people to do. <laughs> of all the things I just you see somebody love to tell people walking to do. down the street and I'm like, hey, hey, guy. Tell one person about my podcast. That's it. That's what I do. Yeah. Hasn't worked yet. Yeah. Well that makes sense. Jed Maybe explain it has. some things for me. Maybe you're listening right now because some dude yelled at you across the street about this podcast. I don't think so. Though, probably. I don't know. If so, tweet at us. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. <laughs> I keep almost thinking Graham McRae for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Minus Violet, for our music. Until next time, see, see you in the, the 90s. 90s. <laughs>